lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt, Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. What day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Let's guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-hoo! is right. <laughs> Halfway point of the week. Welcome in on this hump day edition of the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. In all 82 counties around the state. Howdy, howdy, howdy on this Wednesday. Did you see what happened in baseball last night? Yeah, the number one team in the country got... Knocked off the top of the hill, at least for a few hours. Now, well, they're still going to be number one. It's just a midweek loss. But, yeah, they, their their win streak came to an end. Seemed like uh, I talked them into it. Yesterday on the show, I talked uh, enough about how great Tennessee is this year. Talked them right into losing last night in the midweek game. Sure did. And they did it with wooden bats, not aluminum either. I'll tell you about that. State won. Ole Miss won yesterday. Southern Miss won. So for the Division I baseball teams around the state, it was a clean sweep in the midweek last night. Got that. Got some story out of the some stories that I want to kind of pass along to you. If you listen to my show, I just want you to be educated on some of the things that are out there popping up in college football and in that college football. A couple of stories that are pretty doggone interesting. So I want to get to all of that. And uh, I'm curious as to what you think about it. And there's some ways for you to be a part of the show. I hope you will be today. Really, sincerely, thanks for tuning in here on this Wednesday. Leading up to Easter weekend, getting closer and closer to Resurrection Sunday. Looking forward to that. Because of that, it is going to be a short week. We will not be here with you on Friday or Monday, so we'll have a long if you, uh, Easter weekend. Uh, we'll be off on Friday, Good Friday. We'll be off on Monday, the day after Resurrection Sunday, so a uh, little short week here. And also Super Bulldog weekend this weekend, so you have football and all that kind of stuff, so we can get back in the next week. There will be a lot to talk about. But get on in here with me today. Uh, text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That is a 601 number, 885-ESPN. If you need the number itself, it's easy. It's uh, 885-3776. Got it? That's it. Text me there. Country, please, and text line. Country, please, and sausage on Grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. Call me on the Divinity phone today. It's wide open to you. Get to hear your voice. So give me a shout. Number to call, 601-995-1059. Hey, Bill, how you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How about you? I'm all right. I heard the commercial running with Jake's voice on it about the car show. Yeah, the vault? Yeah, the vault. As in, not like Vaught Hemingway, no, vault. It's the vault. Like we've got a vault down in the basement with our valuables in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the bank robbers tried to break into the vault. <laughs> why Why is it called the vault? Do we know? I'm not real sure. I I ain't to, we're going to be out there Friday with Jake's show, so we'll have to ask him. Oh, really? So you and Jake get to hang out with all the cool people that have cool cars? Well, yeah, they're going to start getting everything set up for this weekend. And, uh, you know, they had like a thousand cars last year, and they're looking for more than that this year. Very yeah. neat. And you were telling me yesterday, I think, um, so it's a variety. It's not just like old classic cars, yeah. but it's a little bit of everything? 
Yeah, you can actually, if you have a car you want to sell and it's a newer, you know, late model car, you can take it there and they can, somebody will give you a offer. And, I see. And they have old cars and they have hot rods and they, everything you can think of will be there. So just in, a little in, bit in of Fondren, In the Fondren area this weekend. Yeah, I got an old expedition that won't uh, that needs a battery, so I can't crank it without <laughs> jumping it off. I'll sell somebody. Sure will. Three hundred something thousand miles on it. Windshield cracked. Still in good shape though. <laughs> Make you a deal. Tax season coming up. Make you a deal. Um, well, that's pretty neat. So that's going to happen this weekend. I'm always. Bill, have you ever been a car guy? Yeah, I'm not. I, not really. I haven't really been a car guy now. Yeah, me neither. I, I mean, I like them, but I don't. I guess we're in the same boat then. Like, I think, I think it's really, really neat. Um, I, I um, am a little jealous. I always have been of not only people who can work on them. I'm especially jealous who of people who can work on cars whenever mine needs to be repaired. <laughs> I would love to be able to fix it myself, but you can't. You know, so not only jealous of people who have the mechanical ability to fix stuff and all that do everything on their own car but but people who you know it's kind of their hobby is fixing up buying selling trading the old classic cars from the 40s 50s 60s you know we have one of those car shows in tupelo built it's called the blue suede cruise there you go. <laughs> how about that huh pink cadillacs <laughs> Yes, there is <laughs> ab, there is at least one pink cadillac that does come to the Blue suede cruise, but just about anything you can think of from the 50s, 60s, 70s, it's a really neat thing. You know, they do one on the coast. It's called what? Cruising the coast? Cruising the coast, yeah. All the way, all along the highway. Uh huh. Right along the coast. Was that on 10 or the, it's not 10. Uh, 90, isn't it? Yeah, maybe it's it, 90. Yeah. But I've never been to that one. Of course, I've been to the one in Tupelo, and I just think it is the neatest thing. It's just, it's out of my realm of knowledge. I don't know anything about it. Got a great appreciation for it, but I can look at an old classic car and, and not have one clue what it is or what year. <laughs> so I don't know what to do with that. That's like I've so told you neither here. Neither one of us are Tim Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's one of the things I forgot about Tim the Toolman Taylor is he, not only did he have the, uh, the, the what well, was his tool time? You know, it's the tool handyman time. show. Basically, tool time. Not only do that, but he also was always like building some classic car out in the garage, right? Yeah. And I saw one episode recently going back and watching a home improvement. That was the name of the show, Home Improvement Rerun, where like the whole plot was he was having guys over. And, and you know how like some guys would have a group of guys over to just eat chicken wings and watch a football game together? Apparently, this was a thing. He would have guys over on the show anyway, and they'd sit around and eat and work on the classic car. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did. Well, that's a whole new kind of book club right there. But, uh, yeah, so the car thing is really neat. I heard the commercial. I thought, hmm. And I, okay, so I'm glad to know that you and Jake will be out there. I get to listen in on Friday. When you say, Bill, when you say out there, like, where will y'all be on Friday? Uh, we'll be at the vault locations there in Fondren. In Fondren? Yeah. You said a 1,000 cars last year? Yeah, I think around that area, and expect at least that many, if not more, this year. I, think. I mean, it really it really sounds fun. <laughs> 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 cars! 
<laughs> trucks. Cars, trucks, and SUVs. All right, let's go over the baseball scores from last night. Here we go. Sing along. Okay, okay, step right up, step right up. They played an early game yesterday in Oxford. It finished in Ole Miss's favor. The 25th ranked Ole Miss Rebels beat Murray State 8-2. Uh, my friend Buzzy likes to tell me that for the good of your RPI in baseball, you should never play a state that isn't a state. All right, so Ole Miss wins 8-2 to two in the midweek. Uh, last night, or I guess a 5 o'clock first pitch, so it was a little earlier than in Hattiesburg, Mississippi State beat UAB. It took 10 innings, extra innings to do it. Hunter Hines had a big ninth inning, two-run home run to tie it up. You can see him get going. It was dead like opposite field home run from the lefty. Big-time swing right there. Then State won it with a sack fly. Forsyth, the shortstop for uh, State, had four hits in the ballgame last night. Good to see him getting going. And he scored the winning run on a sacrifice fly. State beat UAB 6-5, getting ready to host Auburn. Super Bulldog weekend. It'll be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. And Southern Miss stayed hot. It was a one-run win, but it counts. They beat Southeastern Louisiana 3-2 last night in Hattiesburg. Okay, so now with the win last night, 11th ranked Southern Miss is 24 and 8. And uh, so Conference US play, uh, what am I saying? Conference USA play, we'll see them hit the road and go to Florida International down close to Miami. And it is a quick turnaround because it will be tomorrow because of Easter weekend, be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday for Southern Miss. Mentioned this too. It's actually four straight road games after that home game last night. I mean, when you look, you're talking about um, since the first weekend in April, April 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Okay, since then, Ole Miss is going to play one home game, which was last night. One home game out of, of a nine-game stretch. <laughs> On Tuesday, April 5th, they were in Pearl at Trustmark Park beat Ole Miss. Then last weekend, three games at Charlotte on the road. That's four in a row on the road. They came home to play last night, beat Southeastern Louisiana 3-2 at Pete Taylor Park in Hattiesburg, and now they hit the road again. And it's three on the road this weekend at Florida International. And then next Tuesday, the 19th or midweek, is at Tulane. A nine-game stretch with one home game in there. And oh, by the way, they haven't lost in that stretch either. Now, they, they're coming off a sweep on the road at Charlotte, but they're fixing to go to Florida International and see if they can pick up a sweep there. huh? Who knows? But uh, anyhow, they're making hay. And win in the midweek, it doesn't matter what the score is, just win the midweek. It can be 30-1 to one or it can be 3-2, to two, and it's in the books the same. It's a win, and it helps you the same amount in the RPI category. You know, you felt like for State last night it was one they had to have, right? I mean, it was. It, it, if you listened into the conversation on this show yesterday between me and uh, David Murray 
from uh, 24-7 Sports. It's pretty clear. You know, they're going into last night, 90s in the RPI. It's a home game against a team in UAB that, nice record for UAB. Um, 20-plus win team already. They were maybe in the 70s. I think uh, that's where they were. I think uh, UAB somewhere in the 70s in the RPI category. So State needed that one. They needed to drop it at home, and it wasn't looking good. They ran into some trouble again. You had a 3-3 tie ball game going into the top of the ninth inning and gave up two runs. It made it a 5-3 game going into the bottom of the ninth. Uh, State was able to get a leadoff. Well, was it a leadoff? I think it was. Leadoff single from Luke Hancock. Worked it around to Hunter Hines, who went opposite field. Two-run home run, tied it up 5-5, got it to extra innings. And then they got something done in the bottom of the 10th. Lane Forsyth got it started. He's standing over there as the winning run at first base, and the pitcher for UAB tried to pick him off. Turned and threw it to first, tried to pick him off. Threw it up the baseline, up into the bullpen. And Forsyth jumped up off the ground and not only went to second, he went all the way to third. So instead of runner on first, winning run on first with one out, it was a winning run on third with one out. And then worked it around to Cameron James, who got a sacrifice fly in the right field, scored a winning run. So it wasn't pretty by any stretch. Both teams used a lot of pitching because both teams are going to turn around and play again on Thursday night. State's going to host Auburn Thursday, Friday, Saturday um, for Super Bulldog weekend. Elsewhere around the SEC last night, midweek baseball, 24th ranked Alabama, 3-1 to win over Belmont. Sixth-ranked Arkansas blew out Arkansas Pine Bluff, 15-zip. And the aforementioned number one team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers, uh, lost. Ended something like a 24-25 game win streak, whatever it is. But Tennessee lost last night to Tennessee Tech, 3-2. to Steve Smith, head coach Tennessee Tech. Uh, lots of folks in Mississippi know him. But they played that one up at Smoky Stadium at Kodak, Tennessee, and played with wooden bats. We went through that one time. I don't know if it was on this show or if it was somewhere else, but I've, I've been through that conversation before. It's always interesting to see what people think. But if you had it your way, let's just say that money were not an object. One of the arguments against wood bats is how expensive it would be if you use them in college baseball and not everybody could afford to keep replacing them because they're going to break. Right? So um, you have to throw that qualifier in there really to have the discussion if money were not an object for any of these uh, teams in the SEC or the teams they're playing would you prefer college baseball play with wooden bats like pro baseball as a fan would you actually prefer wooden bats to be used in college baseball over the aluminum bats if you could have it that way and there were no financial hangups see I kind of think I would I really do. I kind of think if if you could play with wooden bats, you should. <laughs> That's kind of what I think. And, of course, I'm not smart enough, and I don't have the information in front of me to know the, the data on what it would cost and that sort of stuff to, to fund a college baseball team using wooden bats. But Tennessee, who they're just lighting everybody up on the scoreboard here in recent weeks and months, they go in there and score two runs with wooden bats in the midweek. It's obviously a little different. Uh, Kentucky beat somebody named Bellarmine or Bellarmine, eleven to one. Missouri a nine to one winner over Western Illinois. Florida State beat Florida, 
five to nothing last night in the midweek. I think Florida State's got now two wins in the midweek over uh, Florida. But Florida was ranked 23rd and were shut out last night by unranked Florida State five nothing. Look at this one. 13th ranked Georgia. They got a win over Kennesaw State. Here it is. 17 to 15. <laughs> How about that? Auburn, who's coming into Starkville for a weekend series, did win last night in the midweek. A 4 to 1 win over Samford. Samford from Birmingham. They were playing it in Auburn. Uh, South Carolina beat North Florida last night 4 to 2. Vandy. After losing the series last weekend to Auburn, has responded in the midweek with a 7-4 win over Western Kentucky. Um, so Arkansas apparently played two midweek, two games. They played a doubleheader, yeah, two seven-inning games, and beat them 6 to nothing and 15 to nothing. That's Arkansas Pine Bluff. Beat them bad twice. Shut them out. 21-0 in 14 innings. Uh, Texas A&M beat A&M Corpus Christi 5-3. And uh, the Lamar versus LSU game did get postponed last night. I guess the weather is coming through here today or tonight. So there's a look around. If you were hanging on the phone line and I missed you, feel free to call me back. Uh, we'll get you in there. I was going through scores and didn't glance over at my, my text messages in time. Speaking of, though, here on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast, I get my Country Pleasing Sausage a lot of times at Walmart. Unnamed texture says, how many bats did they break in the Tennessee game last night? I don't know. I'd have to find maybe someone who covered it, maybe wrote an article about it, who might have put that information in there. I assume they went through with it and used the wood bats. I keep saying that. I just know they promoted it uh, coming out of the weekend that in the Tuesday night game they were going to use wood bats. I don't know how many they went through, though. Raider Nation says, most definitely prefer wood bats you cannot beat that sound. I agree. When you when you hear a ball that's been hit in the sweet spot of the barrel of that wooden bat, it's got a click to it that is pretty magical, and you don't forget it. I tell you what else too, like the ball absolutely jumps off those wooden bats too when you hit it sweet. Now, now there may be people listening who've. If you've coached or played and you've got experience with both, I'd love to know. So it's not me saying from experience. This is an observation. Of course, you know, you've been to some major league games. I've been there. But you go to a minor league game, too. And see those guys that are really good, you know, and they catch one in the sweet spot and watch the ball jump off the bat. It'll go. And maybe the that's the payoff. You hit it sweet. You can compress that baseball and boom, there it goes. I mean, it's it clicks and, and it just jumps off that wooden bat. But if you don't hit it sweet, there is no reward. And that's probably a big difference in the aluminum bat. You've seen a lot of times, if you listen to a scout or a former player or coach, and you'll see a, a hit, guy gets sawed off in college baseball and it winds up an infield single or it flares it out there into you know, shallow left field for a base hit, and they'll go, if that's a wood bat, he broke the bat. You know, the ball didn't go very far at all. So there's a little either or there. Unnamed texture says, I would prefer wood bats, and it doesn't seem like uh, they break that many in Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's right. I mean, 
It's not a rampant thing. What do you think? Do you think uh, in Major League Baseball they average maybe one broken bat a ball game? You don't say on average? Two? Next Gen Reb texts the show. He says, what's funny about the uh, Tennessee game was one of their players was bragging about our bats aren't juiced. We would win these games with wood bats. <laughs> and then they played with wood bats last night and get beat. Are you serious? So I own a baseball that's winless? 0 for 27? My goodness, bless her heart. That's tough. Nick says, as a former pitcher, I would have loved for them to use wooden bats. <laughs> LOL. But what would be fun is to see the pros use these new BB core bats if they didn't kill anybody. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're seeing all that velocity at the pro level and those big, strong adults swinging those bats, you know, it's, it, aluminum would almost be dangerous. I guess. I mean, I've heard that before. I, I don't know that that's a fact. Steven says, it would be kind of neat if State and Ole Miss could play the fourth game as a wooden bat game in Pearl. I totally, totally agree with that. I mean, State and Ole Miss are playing this game. It doesn't count in the SEC standings. It obviously does count on your overall record. It's a game. You treat it almost like a non-conference game. You're meeting in Pearl at Trustmark Park once a year called the Governor's Cup. Make it a wooden bat game. You're playing it in a minor league park anyway. It just makes sense. It would be awesome. People would love that. Why aren't they doing that, Stephen? And, you know, here in the state of Mississippi, we shouldn't be taking our ideas from Tennessee. We don't let them do it first. Let's do it first. <laughs> Too late for that, but at least let's get on board. More of your texts, your phone calls coming up. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. Back to the guy who loves his banana pudding. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Hi, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. All right, so during the commercial break, Bill and I were talking about cars. <laughs> Two non-car guys. <laughs> Ooing and eyeing at some different old classic cars. So the website you sent me, Bill, was thevaultms.com. Right. Thevaultms.com. That's a car show that's going to be in Jackson this weekend over in Fondren. Yeah, this is their actual building that's there in the Fondren area. And, and so you, why they call it a vault is because all these cars are locked up in there. They better you be. Open, you open the door to the vault and there's... Hey. They better be locked up. No kidding. Some of the prices they have on. <laughs> and so Bill was describing some of it for me. And I thought I'd read this. Hog Jowl text the show, okay? And we've noted this before on the show, but Hog Jowl, big Arkansas fan, has a, a really nice, clean, sharp as a tack, red. What kind of pickup is that? Chevrolet? I don't know what it is. I can't. I'm not like I told you. I can't look at one and tell you what it is. I just know that it's Arkansas red with a hog tag on the front of it, and he calls it Little Red. And he sent me a picture and says, "Me and Little Red went to cruising the coast. She's the prettiest square body around." And there it is. I mean, it looks brand spanking new, and then some. 
Hog Jowl is proud of Little Red. The prettiest square body around. <laughs> he needs to bring it to the car show they're having. We need it. We need to get the Beach Boys to write a song about the prettiest little square body around. I mean, I'm sure they could. No, they already did one called the Little Deuce Coop. Right. I know. Little Deuce Coop. Didn't they do the little GTO? Uh, that was Ronnie in the Daytona. Oh, sorry. Dad gum. Sorry. Sorry, Beach Boys fans. I've done that with the Beatles. Y'all don't be like Beatles fans. It was an honest mistake. <laughs> it was an honest mistake. All right. MSU1980 says. Matt, did you ever go to the car museum in Tupelo before it closed? Yes, I did. He said it had some great cars in it. He said, last night I watched an old Green Acres rerun. Something came up I wanted to tell you, since you like old TV shows also. Lisa made Oliver's supper that was hot water soup. <laughs> says, guess what it was? Hot tap water. <laughs> Oliver was not impressed, and that had to be the absolute silliest show after the Three Stooges being number one. Yeah, yeah, Three Stooges. But I'm just telling you, though, MSU 1980, right now, I'll pull up some of those old Three Stooges, especially when they had Curly before Shimp came along. Even then, but when they had Curly, I, I sit there and just watch and giggle and laugh through the whole thing. Really do. Yeah, Tupelo, um, I don't know what downtown Tupelo is going to do or plans to do with that humongous building sitting right down there at the intersection of Main Street, which is the continuation of Highway 6, where it intersects with Highway 45, right there at downtown. You know, you got the arena, Fair Park, all of that right there, downtown Tupelo, and sitting right there in the middle of all that, right across from the arena, this giant warehouse-type building, and it was the Tupelo Automobile Museum, and it housed the personal collection of a man named Frank Spain. And Mr. Spain's been dead for several years. He was a Tupelo native. And after a while, they broke down and sold all the auction, all the cars off, closed the museum, the building just sitting there. I don't know what they're going to do with that building. Um, Bill... You may not know this, but Mr. Spain was the owner-proprietor the, that started WTVA Television in, in North Mississippi, the yeah, local. I think I I'd heard that name before. Mm -hmm, the local affiliate there. He was an engineer who, I don't know the entire story. I, get, I got to know him. I used to work for him before he passed away, really, there at WTVA. But he, many years ago, he was very you know, integral in the design and invention of a piece of equipment that... Uh, helped local television stations in different markets around the country to get off the ground and became a very wealthy man. Had all those cars collected, and he only had one that he drove. And uh, he had, you know, he had Elvis cars that, you know, he had owned and others that had been owned by celebrities. And I mean, he had classic cars in that museum going back to the 20s. It was, it was a really neat thing. I tell you what else I saw in there, Bill in the old Tupelo Automobile Museum before it closed. Uh, what's his name? Marty Stewart, the musician? Yeah. You know, from Nashville, the country musician. Several, several years ago, he brought a... Um, it's like a traveling exhibition of stuff that he owns, country music collectibles, and, and I guess you call them artifacts, but antiques and collectibles and that kind of thing that he owns okay and it was the neatest stuff 
And they bring it on the road to a place like that and set it up in there in that museum. And you pay to go through and look at all that too. I'm talking like he had he had uh, you know handwritten songs from Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash's outfit that he wore at the prison when he sang and guitars from this person and that person. It was a really neat thing. Saw that in there too. Yeah, that's oh. uh, it's, you know it's in his hometown of Philadelphia is where they keep the museum most of the time. It travels. Right, so it stays there, and they pick it up. I don't know if they're moving it because aren't weren't they building a museum in yeah, Philadelphia? It's in Philadelphia, to, yeah, the, the Marty Stewart Museum. Is it is, is it open now? I wonder. I think so. Yeah, this is something about getting tours here. Hey, check this out. Speaking of Bill, on this day, April the thirteenth, back in nineteen eighty five, the Grand Ole Opry debuted on television. So I, when it says they debuted on TV, would that have been on TNN? Or would that have been before TNN, the Nashville Network? I don't know, but yeah, the Grand Ole Opry debuted on television on this day back in 1985. Marty Stewart's played it. Hey, Bill, you know, back, um, I guess it was spring break for us a few weeks ago. You know, we took Mary Lydia. I was off a bunch of days, and we took Mary Lydia to Nashville and spent some time up there. I don't even know if I told you this when we got back. Mary Liddy and I attended the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, yeah. You didn't, you didn't tell me. I didn't tell you. No. You went to the one out there, the, the new one, right? The new one <laughs> that's out there by the Gaylord Opryland Hotel. Right. We didn't go to the, the old Ryman where yeah, it first all started. That's basically a tour now. That's all it is, a tour. And we had we thought about going on that tour. We didn't do it. But we did go to the Opry, the, the modern one, you know. And um, you remember, okay, so Whispering Bill Anderson? Oh, yeah. He sang that night. He sang a hilarious song. And it was about, it's, uh, it, the name of the song is Wherever She Is, I Hope She Stays There. It's about his ex. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was great. The whole thing, she got to kind of see what that's all like. But I was thinking about that just now because I mentioned Marty Stewart from here in Mississippi and in Philadelphia. Of course, he's married to Connie Smith. And yeah. she's a famous, you know, country artist. Yeah. She is still performing at the Opry. You know, the story about them was when he was younger and was playing, you know, he met her. Right. And his goal was to marry her. So uh -huh. He was just a young boy when he met her. <laughs> she's a little older than him. Right. But yeah, and because he played with, you know, some of the bluegrass folks and, you know, Bill Monroe and all them. So. Right. And and did wound up marrying her. He yeah. ends up marrying Connie Smith. Connie Smith, and she's still, like you say, performing at the Grand Ole Opry from time to time, even now. I would say to people who like country music, they ought to go to that opera. It's a neat thing. Plenty of parking. You don't have to worry about all that. Pretty convenient. Uh, Boomer Sooner texts the show. Says um, Marty. Uh, Stewart was mentored by Johnny Cash and actually married one of his daughters. Wait a minute now. Yeah, married Cindy. That was his first wife. Cindy Is that Cash. right? Cindy mm -hmm. Cash? Yeah, that okay. was his first wife. He married Connie in 1997. I didn't know that. Yeah. Learned something yeah, Cindy, new Cindy day. Cash was, was his first wife. He's got some neat stuff now, the, the museum deal. Talking like you're looking at hand on sheets, notebook paper, where Johnny Cash is handwriting there. He's writing down song lyrics. It was his daddy-in-law, you know, so he had all Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, Denzel's telling me that the Marty 
Stewart Museum. It's open in downtown, what, Philadelphia? Philadelphia, yeah. If you're coming downtown at the light before the courthouse, look to the right and you'll see it. Marty Stewart Museum. I want to go see it. And yes, Rebel Nation, you're right. When the Tupelo Automobile Museum broke down that collection of cars formerly owned by Mr. Spain and started selling them and auctioning them off, what's that been, three years ago, four years ago maybe? Whatever it is, Jay Leno was here. People, oh, yeah, he's a big car guy. People saw him. There's some people here in town saw him. He's just hanging out at like the cafe on Main Street, sitting out on the street eating lunch with somebody, talking cars, and bought one. Seems like he bought one, maybe tried to buy another and didn't. Yeah. Jay Leno bought a few of those cars. That's what He's Rebel. got a big car museum out there in L.A. I, I, you know, I'm just fascinated by the cars thing. You know, it's sort of, when you really think about it, 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 the whole fandom and passion and obsession with classic cars, fixing them up, it spans generations. It crosses demographic aisles. It's really a cool thing. Some people are going to have a good time with that this Easter weekend there in the Jackson area. For those that may not be into baseball, maybe they go to a car show. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. All right, hey, look, back to football. There's a new mock draft, according to one of the experts at ESPN, and he's shaking it up. Different spots now for Matt Corral and Charles Cross. I'll tell you what he's saying about him with the draft coming up in a few weeks. I'm Matt. Stick around. Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? When is the draft, the NFL draft? You don't know exactly when it is? What, two weeks, three weeks? When is it? All right. Begins on Thursday, April 28th. Okay, got it. Two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow, we'll begin the 2022 NFL Draft. All right, so uh, welcome back. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Bill's here. Thank goodness you're here. we got a show. And if you want to be a part of the show, love to know what you think. Feel free to text me on the country-pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Or call me on the Divini phone, that number, 995-1059. All right. Two weeks from the draft, and we've got a new mock draft from Mel Kuyper, ESPN. Y'all trust Mel? Y'all trust old Mel? Uh, you know, um, let's see. He hit some, missed some. Let me just tell you what he's saying, okay? Let me just tell you what he's saying. Here it is. Well, and to sum it up, he's moved Charles Cross down in the first round outside of the top 10. And he has moved Matt Corral out of the first round. Okay, I'll just cut to the chase there instead of boring you to tears with this other stuff. He's got, and everybody's pretty consistent on this now, they've got Jacksonville with the number one pick taking Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end out of Michigan. 
A lot of people saying, okay, that's going to be your number one. I'll give you the top five, and then I'll go highlights. Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft has at number two, Detroit Lions taking Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati. 6-3 corner, ran a 4-4. Number three, the Houston Texans taking Trayvon Walker, defensive end, Georgia. And then here we go. At number four, the New York Jets not taking an offensive tackle like a lot of people think. Kuyper has him going with Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon, at number four. And that goes against the grain from what a lot of people think. At number five, the New York Giants. First offensive tackle off the board, Ikim Ikwanu, offensive tackle, NC State. And then here you go. Number six, Carolina Panthers taking Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. That's what Mel Kuyper says. Now let's cut some of the highlights. The next offensive tackle he has at number nine, Seattle Seahawks, via the trade with Denver for the quarterback, Russell Wilson. He's got Seattle at number nine taking Evan Neal, offensive tackle Alabama, the second one off the board. Then you got to scroll uh, all the way down to number 13. Mel Kuyper has at number 13 the Houston Texans taking Charles Cross, the third offensive tackle going at number 13. All right, other highlights. Saints, you've got the 16th pick because of a trade. Some in the past, including Kuyper, I believe his previous mock draft at 16 right here, he had the Saints going quarterback. But he doesn't now. Now at 16, he has the Saints going with Trevor Penning. Offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. What do you think about that? Huh? The Saints also have the 19th pick, and now Mel Kuyper Jr., has the Saints at 19 via a trade with Philadelphia taking Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Would you be excited about that? I think you would. Saints fans. At number 20, Pittsburgh Steelers going with a quarterback. The next one off the board is, according to Mel Kuyper, Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pitt. Anything else? Anything else? Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas with the 23rd pick to Arizona. He says the Cowboys at 24 going with the defensive end out of Penn State. He's got... Now, the Chiefs are going to have back-to-back picks as it stands right now unless they trade. The Chiefs are going to have back-to-back picks at 29 and 30, and just like I told y'all, they're going to go defense back-to-back. He's got them taking a corner and then a defensive end. Um... Okay, in, in the previous Mel Kuyper draft, the 32nd pick, the last pick of the first round, he had Detroit taking Matt Corral. He does not have that anymore. He now has Detroit going with Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia, who, to me, you just ask me, I guess it depends on if you need a safety or not, but if he goes all the way down to 32, that's a steal of the draft for a player like that. Now, he's expanded his mock draft out two rounds, okay? So we got a round two which is really getting off in the weeds over in the wilderness where it's hard to predict. Okay, but round two, Mock, let me just tell you what he has. With the... Oh, gosh. Okay, here you go. With the 40th pick overall. So about the, what, the eighth pick of the second round? He's got... 
the Seahawks taking Desmond Ritter, quarterback Cincinnati. So now you've got three quarterbacks off the board on this Mel Kuyper mock draft, three QBs off the board, and Matt Corral is not one of them. You got to scroll all the way down to, listen up, pick number 49. Like the 17th pick of the second round, pick number 49 overall, Kuyper has the New Orleans Saints in the second round taking Matt Corral, quarterback, Ole Miss. Listen to what he said here, too. Corral is a tough evaluation. He wants to play like Josh Allen, but he doesn't have the size. He's only 6'2". He was the only player in country in the country last year, 3,300 passing yards, 500-plus rushing yards. Will he be able to do – hold on. Will he be able to consistently make every throw in the NFL? That's why I think he's a safer bet on day two. He would make a lot of sense in New Orleans where he could get an evaluation year behind Jameis Winston. Anyhow, there it is. He's got Mechie out of Alabama in the second round going to Pittsburgh. Uh, He's got Dallas with their second round pick going with an offensive tackle. And uh, there you go. Those are the highlights. Okay, so I thought I'd point that out to you. Now, again, it is only a mock draft. It is a two-round mock draft. This is Mel Kuyper. He'll hit some, miss some. Probably miss more than he hits. Who knows? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's notable. This is one of the major expert, or, or not experts, but one of the major mock drafts that people look at and that, that ESPN uses to promote the draft. And they've dropped... Charles Cross, an offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, down to number 13 going to Houston. And they've dropped Matt Corral out of the first round into the second round and midway through the second round at that going to New Orleans. I mean, with all the talk and everything you've had going on for months now, it just seems to me that if, if New Orleans were able to use two first-round picks, like they're talking about, one for an offensive tackle, another for a receiver in the first round, and then come around in the second round and still be able to draft Matt Corral? If you're the Saints, wouldn't you just love for the actual draft to play out the way Mel Kuyper is predicting it? I think you would. Josh texts the show and he says, uh, I wish I had Mel Kuyper's job. Never being right, yet never losing your job. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, so uh, off subject here, we had a listener that called that wants to know how to listen to the Sam Purcell interview. Yeah, you can listen to it. There's a couple different ways I would tell you to find it. But it's available via podcast. Now, anywhere you go and get a podcast, uh, particularly you know iTunes podcast, whatever you want to call that, uh, Apple podcast, uh, on iTunes, just search The Matt Wyatt Show and you'll see yesterday's stuff and he was at the beginning of the show be hour one you'll see it there it says sam purcell interview and also if you just go over to the facebook page for the show uh, just go to matt wyatt media on facebook you'll see it there like the page and follow it if you get a chance you'll get updates going forward but each day the podcasts uh, actually show up on the facebook page too so in the posts from yesterday afternoon you'll see one there it says hour number one sam purcell interview just click play and you'll be off and running right there, just in case you missed it. And I appreciate your interest. 
So there you go. What do y'all think about that? I just look if if the Saints pull that off, kidding me? They've got two picks in the first round. They are three picks apart at sixteen and nineteen. Kuyper's saying they're going to go with Penning, who's a very highly thought of first round type offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Three picks later, get Jameson Williams, a receiver out of Alabama, transferred there from Ohio State, tore his ACL in the title game, but still you know what he is. He's blazing fast. Do that in the first round, come back in the second round, and Kuyper says you're still going to get Matt Corral. You're not going to take him in the first, you're still going to get him in the second. Every Saints fan I know would feel good about that. You would. Now we just wait two weeks, two weeks from tomorrow, and see if all that's going to play out. It likely doesn't play out exactly that way, but we shall see. All right, that'll wrap up hour number one. Hour two coming up, my question for you is, as you look about the changes around college football, big-time Division I college football, do you agree with Dabo? Dabo Swinney thinks that we're looking at major, major changes right around the corner. I will tell you what he said if you hadn't heard it, and then we'll find out if we agree. I'm Matt. Hour two coming up. Stick around.